Welcome to another quality episode of Take a Shower, Show Up on Time, and Don't Steal Anything. My name is Dave Ryan, and we do this podcast pretty much weekly with life advice and lessons. And we kind of talk and we discuss, even though it's just me, I feel kind of like I'm sitting there talking to you while you're in the car or at your desk or on the treadmill or whatever. And basically, my idea for this podcast is to get into your mind with some of the lessons that I've learned in my life and talk about some different philosophical kind of life things without getting too deep and without getting too preachy and uh, kind of talk about some kind of lifestyle stuff that we've learned about. And I always love hearing from you. Um, you can send an email, of course, anytime. We'll talk more about that later. But I just got a couple of um, couple of things to get started here. Uh, first of all, speaking of podcasts, I was just on a conference call with some radio guys. I'm doing a big radio convention next week in Chicago, and they're like the five big, and I guess I fit into that morning show broadcasters that are going to be uh, on this panel. There's myself, a guy named Bert in Atlanta, a guy named Mojo in Detroit, a guy named BJ in Seattle, um, and a guy named Kevin in West St. Paul. And there might be one more, all led by a guy who's like a brilliant morning show strategy guy. And we were talking about how um, there was a podcasting convention last week in Philadelphia. 2,500 people showed up at the podcasting convention to find out how to get more people, how to do a better podcast. Um, there's so the thing about podcasting is anybody can do one. You got a laptop and a microphone, and you got a little bit of tech savvy, or you know somebody who does. You can get a podcast up. It's really easy to do. My son Carson helped me figure out how to get the podcast up, and now it takes about 45 minutes to record it, edit it, put the music into the background, and then upload it. And um, it is. It's a great thing. I love doing it. It's a whole lot of fun. But isn't that crazy that 2,500 people showed up at this podcasting convention? Listen, I tell you what, not that many people showed up, show up at different radio conventions or probably other conventions too. But I think it's so accessible to so many people and people think they want to have something to say. Hey, if you do a podcast, I got a couple of ideas for you. Number one, let me know. And I'll give your uh, podcast a plug here on my podcast because I'd love to hear it too. Um, send me an email to Ryan Show. No, send it. No, don't send that one. Dave Ryan at kdwb.com. Dave Ryan at kdwb.com. Send me some information about your podcast. Or here's another idea. If you know of a podcast that's really good, tell me what it is. But don't just tell me what it is. Tell me what it is about and why you like it. I'm going to tell you about a podcast that I like in just a couple of seconds. But if you do a podcast, I'm going to give you the number one rule for doing a podcast, in my opinion. Number one, make sure that you don't forget your audience. L making sure that you, you, you remember that you're not just talking to your friend, you're trying to entertain and captivate someone's attention. So don't just sit there and talk to your friend or your wife or whatever. That's kind of interesting, but make sure you keep in mind that you're talking to somebody who's sitting there wanting to get something out of your podcast. So here's the podcast that I was telling Fallon and Steve about this morning. Uh, it's been around for a while. It's called You Must Remember This. And it's all about old Hollywood and the scandals and the stories and the murders and the affairs and the, you know, the lives ruined by drugs and drinking. And it's called You Must Remember This. And there was a really fascinating one on that I listened to last night. It was an hour and 10 minutes, and I went for an hour and 10-minute walk. I kept extending my walk 
because I didn't want to stop listening to the podcast because I knew I'd get home and I'd get distracted. And, and I said, nope, I'm going to walk until I finish the entire hour and 10 minutes. Let me give you a brief rundown of what this podcast was about. Okay, it's old Hollywood, an actor, very, I mean, as huge as, as, as you can imagine. Uh, think Brad Pitt. Think, um, uh, oh, I don't know, George Clooney. Think the biggest actor you can imagine. This guy, 100 years ago, 1919, name is Fatty Arbuckle. He was 260 pounds, and he was a comedian, and he made silent films. And he made a million dollars a year back then. Now, that's a lot of money, but especially back then, it was a whole lot of money for um, an industry that was brand new. Um, and he was super famous, and he had an appetite for food, booze, and women. Sounds like a typical guy to me. So he had a party at his hotel room in San Francisco, Labor Day, Labor Day weekend of 1919, and there was a woman there that he was attracted to. So long story short, her name was Virginia Rappy. Virginia Rappy was about 30 years old, and she was um, a fashion designer, kind of a part-time actress, kind of a socialite, and uh, there was a rumor they're not sure whether it's true that she liked to get around and hook it up. And she apparently gave crabs to everybody in the studio where she worked. Now, whether that's true or whether that was just character assassination afterward becomes part of the whole plot of this podcast. So long story short, uh, Fatty tries to have sex with her and she dies. And she dies of what they think is a ruptured bladder. Now, there's a couple of different ways where they think her bladder was ruptured. Number one, she had a history of bladder problems claim some people, and she might have drank too much, vomited, and while vomiting, ruptured her bladder and died, and died of a condition where the contents of your bladder leak into your blood system or something like that, and you die. Or Fatty got on top of her, ruptured an already weakened bladder, and then she died. Or that he, this is gross, but this is what they said, he put a Coke bottle inside her, ruptured her bladder, or even a piece of ice and ruptured her bladder, and she died. Before she died, she lived for about four or five days. They didn't take her to a hospital, so it seemed like the people around her knew there was something that somebody wanted to hide. Anyway, so cut to the chase here. Fatty, at the very end, uh, he went through three trials, like hung jury, hung jury, and then finally another trial where he was absolutely fully acquitted of manslaughter. And first they wanted to make it murder. Nope. The judge said, no, we're not going to try him for murder. We're going to make it manslaughter. And uh, But it didn't matter because Fatty never really worked again that much. Uh, he started drinking more and more. He died about 10 years later in New York, kind of broken and forgotten except for this incident. And that's the only reason we remember him 100 years later is this incident. So really good podcast. Check it out. You must remember this since the Fatty Arbuckle episode. I don't know the episode number. Um, and so let me know about any podcasts that you do or that you know about. And I'd love to plug them here on our podcast. All right. The reason we are here is to kind of follow the theme of the book and talk about things that 
you learn in your life or that I've learned in my life and continue to learn. And uh, I'm going to give you this week's lesson off the top of my head, and then I'm going to give you this week's lesson from the book. And again, I don't want to sound preachy. That's not the idea of the podcast. But if you and I were going to sit down at Chili's and have the delicious Southwestern egg rolls, which are amazing with that sauce, the dipping sauce, we would talk about whatever you want to talk about. But this might come up too. I wish I'd read management books. When I was younger, I wish I'd read management books because uh, managing people is a really tricky thing to do. And you will be a manager one day, whether you want to or not. You will manage people or at least manage relationships or work on a team. And uh, I'm not that good at it. I basically expect from other people what I expect from myself, and that is to, well, of course you put in as much effort as you can until the job is done as well as it can be done. And not everybody else has that work ethic. And maybe that's right and maybe that's wrong. Um, I was just talking to a friend of mine who's in HR, and, uh, and she was telling me about how she deals with that too, about somebody who didn't do a good job. So a coworker called them out and went to management and said, hey, um, Matilda is not doing a good job. So they called in Matilda with the boss, not her real name, of course. And uh, Matilda says, you know, uh, she's just got a problem with me. She's just got it out for me. Oh, really? Well, can you work with her? Um, I don't know. I'll have to let you know. And the, my friend jumps in and says, no, that's not an option. We hired you to work the shifts that we give to you. If you can't work the shifts we give them, no matter who's on it, you don't get to work here. So, and I was really impressed with that because it's like Matilda pulling a little bit of an attitude and my friend kind of busted her on it and said, you know, no, but I wouldn't have known to say that. I don't think because I'm not that good at management skills. If you are great, maybe you're blessed and gifted naturally. Great. But if you're not, Read a book. Find one. Don't try to read six because you'll never read all of them. It's too daunting of a task. Start small and read one and see if you like it. Okay, here is the lesson for this week. From the book, take a shower, show up on time, and don't steal anything. Number 54, condoms are totally worth it. Okay, they say wearing a condom is like wearing a raincoat in the shower. It's like missing the ending of a great movie. It's like going to Hawaii and staying in your hotel room the whole time. It's like having sex with a hunk of latex blocking all sensation. Besides, putting one on can be a mood killer. I get all of that, trust me. But there are benefits to using these god-awful things. Topping the list of benefits is that you don't need to spend two weeks or more wondering if you're about to parent a child with someone you might not know or might not even like very much. Plus... You won't be worrying about um, burning urination and pesky sores. There's always that. You can figure that any partner who doesn't want to use one probably is banging their entire block without using one, and you don't want any of that rubbing all up on you. So you'll get to a point in a relationship where you probably won't need to use them anymore, and that's great. But until you're that trusting, a condom is your best protection, a couple bucks, and a 15-second pause, and the passion is totally worth it. Hey, um, that's not one of my, like, chapters that I, you know, brag about, but I think it is true. Um, I think there's a lot of people who, uh, you know, they take a chance. And I don't need to tell you the benefits of, uh, of the condom. I just did, I guess. But, you know, hey, listen, as somebody who's got four kids, kids are a lot of responsibility and you love every one of them. Even if they were a surprise, you know, as they're born and you grow fond of them, they're absolutely worth it. 
and I love all of my kids, but yeah, sometimes they're a surprise. But yeah, I wouldn't trade them for the world. I mean, maybe that one. No, I'm kidding. Uh, so let's move on to some other things that we're going to talk about here on the show this week. Uh, I thought about something that I've told Carson, and I don't know if I po- put this in the um, podcast last week, but Carson's at a five-week-long band camp, and he's got about another week and a half to go, and I miss him a ton. I miss his presence. He doesn't talk that much around the house, but I just miss him being here. And it's just, I miss him, but he's having a great experience. I told him this. I told him every year when he starts school, I say, sit up front. Sit up front. And he never does because, you know, I'm a dumbass and I don't know what I'm talking about. Sit up front. Uh, my history teacher, Mr. Hill uh, in, at Air Academy High School said, sit up front because there's less distractions. You know you can't get away with shit because people, the teacher's watching you, and you're going to get better grades if you sit up front. So if you got a kid that's going into school this fall, or maybe you're going into school this fall, maybe you're starting at, I don't know, Bemidji State this year, sit up front. You're going to do better. You're probably going to get way more out of the class. There's fewer rows of distraction between you and the instructor if you sit up front. So I'll give you that one, sit up front. Um, Okay, so I talked about I thought about what can I talk about this week on the podcast, and this morning on the show I had an idea of favorite radio stories in my life. I've been in radio since I was 17, and I talk about that quite a bit in the book, including one of the chapters that everybody seems to remember about Feed the Goat. As a matter of fact, I think I got an email about that one the other day. Um, and I might try to find that for you while I'm talking here. But when I first started in radio, I worked, I'll tell you the story, even though you've probably heard it before. Um, I worked at a um, radio station and uh, I had to feed a goat. And uh, I didn't like the idea that I had to feed a goat. And I remember my dad said, No, feed the goat, smile. You know, you got to do it. They hired you to do the job. Do the job. Smile. Shut the fuck up. He didn't say that. My dad never swore. I heard him say motherfucker one time, and it blew me away because my dad had never said anything more than God damn it, maybe once every couple of years. Um, okay, so I'm looking for this email about the feed the goat, but basically it was from somebody who said, you know, thanks for that. I feed the goat at my work and I have to, you know, do a lot of things that I normally wouldn't expect to do. Um, so, um, my point was now I remember we talk a lot about radio in the book. So this morning on the radio, we talked about the band five and I told the story about Five's appearance 20 years ago. There's a band, Five. Baby, when the lights go out. Kind of a one-hit wonder of a boy band back in the day. And I told a story about Last Chance Summer Dance. And after I told this story, I thought, I'm going to put that on the podcast this week of my best radio stories that I can remember. Now, let's start off with the five one. Last Chance Summer Dance, about 1997. And it's at Canterbury Park, a hot day, September 20th or so. And it was about 94, 96 degrees. Crazy hot for that time of the year, especially. Backstreet Boys were going to be there. Gates opened at 11 o'clock. Girls got dropped off by their mom. 14, 15, 16-year-old girls ran to the front row so they could see the Backstreet Boys, who wouldn't even be performing until about 7 or 8 o'clock that night. 11 o'clock, they're at the front of the fence, and they're happy. 
but it gets hot and they don't want to leave to go get water because they didn't anticipate it being that hot and they also don't want to lose their spot because you can't even, if you leave that spot, it's going to be nearly impossible. Imagine trying to elbow your way back to your friends in the front of the uh, the crowd after you went to get water. So they didn't. The girls started to drop. They started to faint. They started to pass out. Paramedics could not get to them. And friends couldn't even say, oh, my God, she passed out because the crowd was so thick behind them. They couldn't move. So they ended up yelling to people in the pit on the other side of the fence. My friend passed out. She passed out. They started handing limp bodies over the fence into the pit and dozens of girls passed out and because uh, they wouldn't leave to go to the bat to go. Yeah, to go to the bathroom, but to get water. So the VIP tent, about the size of a basketball court, was turned into a triage with dozens of paramedics from Shakopee and Prior Lake that had come by to help out. Um, the Shakopee Fire Department was spraying water on the crowd to cool them off. We kept saying, everyone, please back up. You're crushing people up front. And they wouldn't back up because every time they backed up, somebody would rush in front of them and take their spot. It was a debacle. And to cap it off, the Backstreet Boys didn't even perform. And the reason was Howie's sister had just died. We knew that he wasn't going to be there. But Nick Carter missed his airplane and couldn't make it. And I remember my boss said, can't you put Kevin and uh, AJ and Brian up on stage and at least have them say hi and sing or something? And the, their manager looked my boss in the eye. And I'm paraphrasing. He said something like, no, they're not good enough. It's not Crosby, Stills, and Nash. If Crosby, Stills, and Nash, were, one of them were sick, the other two would go up and perform. These guys are not Crosby, Stills, and Nash. And I'm like, whoa, it doesn't speak very highly of them. So we had to have the boss go out and announce to this crowd of hot, angry, upset, woozy young girls that the act that they waited for since 11 o'clock that morning, and now it's about 8 o'clock, they were not going to perform. But Five's manager said, hey, listen, if you think it'll lighten the burden a little bit, we'll come out and we'll perform one last time. And we're like, yeah, anything will help. So I remember that was very gracious of Five to kind of try to draw the heat, off, no pun intended, off of our boss by performing one more time, just to kind of lessen the blow. And that's what I remember, one of my favorite radio stories. And I'll never forget that day, even though it was 20 years ago. Okay, a couple of other ones. Here's an unsavory one. <laughs> Morning show consultant comes into town. Now, this morning show consultant was, he he's like a radio station consultant. And I'll be honest with you, he didn't know his ass from a hole in the ground. He was really brilliant with music and the science of radio. He didn't know anything about mornings, uh, but he tried to. And he also, at one point, um, we were all out at dinner with my girlfriend and him and his wife. And after dinner... My girlfriend, I was about 23, told me, yeah, he played footsie with me under the table the entire time. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? So this guy's kind of a sleazeball anyway. And and I don't care if he hears this because, you know, he knows he was a sleazeball and maybe he's gotten better, but he knows who he, what he did. Uh, so the story is this. It's unverified, but it sure sounds right to me. He was in town to consult the morning show and the, the radio station and um, good looking guy. Um, and he's, you know, his wife is not in town. So he apparently got his briefcase stolen. Turned out, and this is not absolutely substantiated in writing or with an eyewitness, but the rumor is that he got his briefcase stolen in his hotel room by the hooker that he had hired to come by 
his hotel room. He went into the bathroom or fell asleep, and she stole his briefcase. Wow. Hey, listen, be very careful about the hookers that you hire, please. Uh, Another one. Uh, This is just kind of a shifty little story. Back in about 1985, I've been doing this a long time. Back to the Future came out, the DeLorean car, the time machine, huge car back in 1985. You still see them once in a while, and everybody recognizes it as a DeLorean. Well, they were very popular for a hot minute, and a radio station I worked at gave one away in Columbus, Ohio, and it was totally rigged. It was a drawing that people had signed up for for years, or not years, months or weeks or whatever, signed up to win a DeLorean, and it was rigged, and they gave it away to a friend of, I don't know, a friend of the salespeople or a friend of the manager or something, and it was like, are you kidding me that you rigged a contest to give away a DeLorean? By the way, did you ever read the story about how McDonald's Monopoly game was totally rigged for years and years from like 95 to about 2005. Um, There was a guy that worked at the company that printed the tickets and he was in charge of making sure that they were fairly distributed, et cetera, et cetera. But he ended up giving them and selling them to friends and acquaintances. And his name was Jerry. And for years, Jerry got away with it. And there were no big public winners of million dollars. It was all friends and acquaintances of Jerry's. Kind of crazy. Another radio story. Um, uh, people say, well, what's the most trouble you got in uh, at the radio station? I would say it was trouble, but it was kind of funny in a way. 15, no more than that, probably 20 years ago, uh, April Fool's Day. We decided to come up with a website called petsbymail.com. And the idea for it was we're going to run ads on KDWB that said, Hey, petsbymail.com. Want a canary? Want a puppy? Want a kitten? Want a ferret? Go to petsbymail.com. We guarantee your pet will arrive alive. And if it doesn't, simply ship the dead carcass back for a full refund. Well, You can imagine how people were upset. They'd go to PetsByMail.com, and it would say, PetsByMail.com, coming soon. And they were pissed. And then on April Fool's Day, the idea was to go to PetsByMail.com. You open it, and it says, April Fool's. That was the idea. That's a funny bit, right? That's a funny, clever bit. Well, we thought so, and, you know, hey, we're animal lovers, and, of course, we had no intention of actually shipping any pets by mail. That's why it's a joke. But word got out that this evil website was going to ship pets by mail and didn't arrive alive, shipped the dead carcass back for a full refund. Well, naturally, people didn't like that. And they'd go to the website and say, coming soon. And then people started to dig. And you can actually find out the owner and the phone number and the email address, at least you could back then, of a particular website. Oh, that's me. So people found out, well, I don't think they found out my address, but I'm in the basement one day of this house in Chan Happening. The Carver County Sheriff comes to the door. I don't remember the exact dialogue, but I knew right away, you know, the cops come to your door, you know whether you're guilty of anything or not. And I'm like, uh-oh, what's going on? Because I didn't know. And I, I think I remember thinking, oh, it's the pets by mail thing. And he was very cool. And he said, yep. Yeah, 
uh, take it down, will you? And I said, well, it's an April Fool's joke. He's like, I get that. Take it down because people think that you have a f- illegal puppy mill and you're going to ship pets in a crate to Anchorage, Alaska. And I said, okay, I get that. We had to take it down early, but it did not stop the people who had been fooled by it. Oh, were they ever pissed? Even after they found out it was a joke, they found my phone number. They found my email. I don't think they found my address because nobody ever came to the house. Um, I wouldn't have welcomed that. That would have been a little bit too much for me. Um, But I tried to explain to him. I'm like, no, it's just a joke. And a lot of people were like, oh, well, you really got me. But a lot of people, when they find out that they've been fooled, they don't like it. And they're like, that's not funny. That is not a joke. That is not funny. You're a sick individual. And it's like, no, it, it is a joke. I'm sorry you don't understand our sense of humor. But, you know, it was a joke and no animals were harmed. And wow, did we get some crap for that one. So there's another radio story. Hey, we're just about out of time on the podcast for this week. But um, I want to remind you, if you know of a podcast or you do a podcast, send me a link send, or send me the name of the podcast and I can give them a shout out here on the, uh, on the podcast next week. Um, and I think that's it. Check out the Facebook page, take a shower, show up on time, and don't steal anything. Hey, the book, it's in bookstores, it's on Amazon, uh, it's called Take a Shower, Show Up on Time, and Don't Steal Anything. I wonder how many times I say the title of the book in the podcast, and it's also on Kindle if you want to download the e-version of the book, too. And uh, um, send an email anytime to Ryan at kdwb.com. In the meantime, you know the rules, you know the big three to live a great quality life. They are take a shower, check. Show up on time, check. And don't steal anything, check. Have a great week. We'll see you next time. 